everyone. How many times have your friends recommended a vitamin or a treatment or some natural health awesomeness that changed their life? Probably a lot. Blue Hive Health was designed to take that friendship to the next level. On this podcast, Giovanna and Stephanie will spend time debunking myths and introducing you to the latest in health and wellness treatments, all to support you and your family. Welcome to the Blue Hive Healthcast. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another Blue Hive Health Cast. This is one of your co-hosts, Giovanna, and I'm flying solo today. Today, I'm really excited to talk with Mike Shorman. Mike Shorman is better known as the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. He is the author of a brand new book called Crash and Rise, From Victim to Thriving Survivor. And we're here today to talk about Mike overcoming adversity and the work that he does around the world, helping others also overcome adversity. Mike is a former Paddleboard Canada coach and a trainer, and he's an expert in that industry and has become a media expert for the Canadian Safe Boating Council as well. But in November of 2018, after years of coaching professionally on the water with his own business, Mike developed a sudden neurological condition causing him to lose his sense of balance. Today, we dive into Mike's story, a little bit about his book and the work that he does in the world, and just how he overcame this huge obstacle in his life. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just a little bit for the audience of how we met. We met um, doing a speaker competition. Actually, we weren't competing against each other this particular night. Um, You were competing. I was in the audience. You did this amazing speech that literally, like you could hear a pin drop in the room. Everyone went crazy after. (laughs) I was blown away by your story. I was like, this guy's got to win, not just because you're an amazing speaker, but also just for the the depth and... um, strength of your story and who you are. And I just, I want to start off this interview by sharing a little bit of that with the audience and tell us about your story and, and what brought you to where you are today. And then I have so many questions I want to ask you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, um, I was, I'm a former coach with Paddle Canada and I taught stand-up paddleboarding professionally um, with the national governing body of the sport of paddleboarding in Canada. And I taught paddleboarding in Toronto. And then, um, so, I'm, so I'm teaching and everything's great and I'm building up a business and a life. And, and I'm, I was very excited and... Um, and I'd actually gone out west uh, to California to because you can only paddleboard in Toronto uh, from you know mm-hmm. May, <laughs> May May to like September. So I, I pushed it into October. You're so brave. I went out to ca- yeah, I know. I I actually I I paddleboard you know in the winter, um, but but people don't, so you can't have a business in the winter. So I went out to California to to see about running retreats and workshops out there and uh and i came back and about 10 days after i got back um everything changed i got very sick very quickly and um and the symptoms just progressed i didn't know 
what it was, um, but over a period of five days, there was a trip to a walk-in clinic, three hospitals, uh, three separate hospital hospitals, emergency rooms, and um, and the symptoms went from being dizzy to uh, vertigo. Um, exhaustion, my face dropped on the one side, facial paralysis, um, vision, speech, hearing impairments. And then um, I woke up on the last, uh, the last big day of that series of days. Um, and I couldn't really, I couldn't really walk. Um, so so finally, it was it was figured out. They finally ran tests, and they found out. They came back, and they said um, it's a reactivation of your chickenpox virus from when you were from when you were a kid as, as shingles, and it's attacked your ear, and um, and we call this Ramsey Hunt syndrome, and it's rare, and unfortunately, because you. Um, you weren't diagnosed at these other hospitals, you've missed the window for treatment. So we're gonna oh put gosh. you on, yeah. So we're gonna put you on steroids and we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> and, um, and it was life-changing. Um, it's, um, you know, overnight my business was gone, my independence was gone, my social life was gone and, um, and it, it sent me on a huge mental health journey. Um, it, it got very dark very fast. And, um, and there was a lot of grief and anger and rage, all the emotions that go with, with what happened. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's what happened back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, I'm, I'm getting, I'm reactivating my own goosebumps at your story and just thinking back to hearing your speech about this, which, like I said before, was very powerful. Like, how did you feel in that moment of hearing, like, you missed your window, if we would have caught this sooner? How did yeah. that feel to hear that? So I initially, when that was, told to to me i was with my mom at the time and when that was told to us um i was actually on a um iv that was being fed to me um from the previous hospital um and i was having an allergic reaction it was me i was i was vomiting 15 times a day um so i was just relieved when he said that initially that i knew uh, I was exhausted from all of this, but I was just relieved at that time that I knew that that IV was going to come out of my arm um, because I knew the IV was making me sick. Um, so I was relieved, but within a few days, the anger and the rage set in when I found out that I was being sent for an MRI to rule out brain damage. Um, because this this could have all been prevented um, had they had they you know run tests and had they you know poked a little bit harder and and not just you know 
all the the consistent thing that happened was I was asked, what have you been doing lately? And I said, oh, I was surfing in California. And, and they said, oh, you have a dirty water in the ear infection. And that went into my chart. So whenever I would go to an ER or a walk-in, um, that was in my chart. So doctors were just seeing that, that, oh, he, you know, this is, this is what's going on. I guess it's progressing, but nobody until the, the very last stage until it was um, almost too late um, thought, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to run, we're going to do blood work. We're going to run a CT scan. Um, so, so, I, so there was a lot of anger and rage. Um, At the time and- that you were like, so actually, before I asked that question, how, what was the time span between you first, you know, having your first symptom, which, you know, I could see the regular person maybe with like, you know, a little bit of dizziness and the ear, you know, you're like, oh, okay, dismiss it. But you had a facial paralysis. So that's like a yeah. pretty significant symptom. How, yeah. like, what was the time lapse between those initial symptoms and then you getting the final, like, this is what it is. So the first day and the first symptom was actually um, headache and ear pain. Uh, and then five days later um, was all of it. Um, and on the first day that I had that symptom, I don't even think I, I went on the second day to the walk-in clinic. Um, and then the next day I went to the first hospital and then two days later and then back finally. Um, so it was very short. It was five days. So um, very fast progression. Yeah. Very fast, very fast. Um, and it's different for everybody. Like I'm part of a group of people who have Ramsey Hunt syndrome on Facebook and it, it's different for everybody. So I had a very extreme case. Um, although, um, like you're, you're into wellness and fitness. Um, are you familiar with Tony Horton from P90X? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony had it right, um, a year before I did. Um, and, it, and we're Facebook friends. He's, he's part of my story. Um, but it put him in a wheelchair. Um, wow. so, and it's brought, it's, it's brought on by stress and being run down. Actually, what happened to him was um, the uh, shooting that happened in Las Vegas a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, that actually triggered his. Um, and mine was just lack of sleep um, and, and stress from, from work. Um, but, but I know some people who have my condition who, you know, um, they don't experience all the symptoms that I experienced and it's not as extreme and some are, some are, are, are worse. I've seen people who like, I've had a lot of nerve regeneration through with my face. Um, but there are, there are those who, who don't have as much as as i have had so it really varies Varies, from person from person to person 
Did you have any idea at that first onset, like when you were being told that, you know, you had the dirty water ear, like, did you have this sort of voice saying, no, no, something else is wrong here? Or were you just sort of like, okay, yeah, I've got, you know, dirty water ear from surfing or, you know, paddleboarding? At the, at the first one, um, the, that first, uh, time that that was told to me, it was at a walk-in clinic. So, so I just said, yeah. Of, of course it is. And, and that makes sense. Um, and then I was driving to, uh, I drove myself to, to the first hospital and just about, and it was about a 20 minute drive and about five minutes um, outside of the hospital. So 15 minutes in, um, I was sitting at a red light and the, I looked up and the red was um, every, like, it wasn't just in that circle. It was outside of it. Okay, so uh, your vision was starting to... Yeah. And, um, and things started getting blurry. And, and I realized at that point, yeah, this isn't, I don't, I don't think this is a dirty water in the ear infection. I think this is something very different. Mm. Um, And then, um, and then that morning that I woke up at my, at my parents' house and I, um, like when my feet touched the ground that morning, I, I realized it wasn't, it wasn't right. Um, and I, I was, I was, it was, it was like, I'd been out for, for an evening in college and, and I had way too much to drink and it was, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and I was staggering and, and I, you know, made my way very slowly down the stairs and, and then my mom saw me and she, you know, kind of carried me, um, shuffled me over to the hallway mirror, um, just to show me that my face had dropped and I, and that had happened, that had happened while I was in, in bed overnight. So now your, your life, I mean, you're, you're experiencing vertigo and dizziness. You obviously can't paddleboard your, your life. Like you said, your life, as you know, it is completely gone and walk us like through that journey a little bit, because of course, and you mentioned this, like you had to go on a whole mental health journey where our face is the thing that gives us identity that gives us, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem and, on top of your body's not working the way you want it to. So, and it's really hard for someone who's not going through that to comprehend what you're, what you're going through. So how did you navigate all of that? Yeah. So how I like to explain, so I'm now an advocate for many nonprofit organizations. One of the ones I work with is about face, which is the craniofacial society of, of Canada. And, and I speak on facial palsy and how, how it affects us and how I liken it to now is um, how do you feel when you, everybody's had a bad haircut, like a really bad haircut before. Yep. Um, hair is so important to basically everybody. Um, imagine going, imagine what, like, remember what it feels like to go and be so excited to get your hair done and come out of the salon and you feel like you're utterly destroyed <laughs> because you've had the worst haircut. Now imagine that's your face. Um, and that's, and that's what I felt like. 
I felt like I was looking um, at somebody completely unrecognizable in the mirror. Um, I didn't want people to see me. I didn't want... Um, I also was wearing an eye patch to protect my eye because I, because of the paralysis, I couldn't close my eyelid. So I was wearing an eye patch when I'd go outside. Um, so I felt like this monster thing and, um, and I was using a cane to walk very slowly. Um, and I just, I didn't, every time I would go into the bathroom, um, I would try not to look in the mirror because I didn't want to, I didn't want to see what was looking back at me. And, and it was very hard to let people see me. Um, and yeah, no, it was a very dark, dark time. And it took, it took a long time to, to process that. And and come around. I remember very quickly, I started seeking out um, a facial nerve transplant specialist. Um, so I researched and found the best plastic surgeon in the country who uh, manages facial nerve transplants. So what they would do is they would cut from my ear down to, well, actually from the middle of my forehead all the way down to my chin. And then they would open it up and they would take nerves from my leg and put them into my fifth, seventh, and eighth cranial nerves. So a nerve going from the ear to the nose and then about from the chin upwards and then somewhere in between over to the nose and then they would close it back up and it would the nerves would slowly regenerate and it would take about a um a year for them to regenerate at 90 90 percent capacity um and i was so excited and i went for my first appointment and um and they said you know you know, they're going through everything and they said, okay, we're just going to be really realistic with you here that we want to see as much nerve repair on its own before we go in and do any surgery. So this could take up to two years of waiting. And, and I was heartbroken. Like I was, I was, I was so upset. Um, like I went to that, that appointment with my dad and we walked out of the hospital and I just broke down like I was a mess. Um, and, and yeah, so it was, you know, continuous appointments and monitoring um, the progress. But every time I, every time there's, you know, that appointment, I'd be all excited because I thought, okay, maybe today's the day that they're going to say yes. Right. Um, you hold out hope. And I know you, yeah. you compared it to a haircut, but I mean, hair grows back relatively yeah. quickly. Right. And you didn't know if that was going to be permanent damage or. Yeah. 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 And as we went along, like I, I went and they tested my nerves, um, in my face, um, with, um, you know, 
like these shock treatments to see their response. And, and I'm learning different terminology throughout this entire experience. And I remember having this test done and there's this term called synkinesis, which I had learned on my own, mm-hmm. um, which, which means um, a cross wiring. So it's repairing incorrectly. And, um, and I remember being there and, and these two guys had just done this, um, this test on me. And I heard the one guy talking to the other one and, and he said, okay, so we see synchronesis here. And as soon as I heard that, I just thought, oh, no, like this is, this is a nightmare. This is the worst. And, um, and yeah, so I think the hardest thing about that whole experience was that you don't see a lot of progression right away. Um, you see progression later. Um, so while I was, you know, having to learn how to walk again, um, I was also dealing with the face thing. And and I was, you know, feeling isolated and alone and like nobody understood and and um and it just felt like it was it was all you know too much. Um so but looking back at it now, um you know, I'm, I'm in a good, I'm in a good and healthy place now. Um, and I've actually decided, um, you know, this past November was that two year window. Um, and I was up for, for that surgery, um, which would have restored. Um, and I don't think I'm up to 90%. Um, I think I'm pretty close. I think it might be 75% of, of, you know, what was, um, but I have a crooked smile and I've kind of decided to, I've, I've just decided I'm, I'm going to live with my crooked smile and, and my eye that. can't, <laughs> and my eye, my eye can't close, but like, I don't care. Like, like, um, well, that's a testament to like, and this is where I wanted to kind of go next It's a testament to all of the work you've done on your mindset. And, you know, your book is called, uh, the crash and rise. Right. And I wanted to go into that rise a little bit in particular for people who are listening and dealing with a chronic condition, because so many mm-hmm. of us have a chronic condition, whether, you know, I'm all about root causes and digging for the, you know, what's causing this. Right. But, uh, but you know, there's some conditions we've had, like this comes on really, you know, really quickly. You have this Mm -hmm. condition come on and, um, it's, it can't be stopped as there's no time to look for root causes. And so we have these conditions and everyone's living with whatever their level of pain, whether it's emotional pain about their condition or physical pain, like, how do you cope with that? Like what, what advice would you have for someone who's listening, who's actually dealing with something chronic, this, that like this? Yeah. So I've heard from tons of people with chronic conditions as a result of, you know, that speaking competition and, and, you know, going viral and, uh, it's allowed me to, um, you know, so many people have contacted me and said, you know, I, I, I have Parkinson's or I have multiple sclerosis or, um, and that, that's probably been the most beautiful part of that journey is hearing from people. Um, what I would say most is, um, be gentle with yourself and be kind to yourself. Um, and, you know, don't feel 
don't feel um, guilty about things and don't feel ashamed. Um, there was a huge part of shame that came with what I experienced. Um, I felt very um, different. And um, and it's so funny because, you know, as as kids, you know, we all want to fit in. Um, and then we start experiencing differentiality um, in our teenage years, uh, probably, you know, for the first time um, in, our, in our late teenage years, and we start embracing it. Um, but I felt very, very different and, um, and kind of singled out with, with this thing. I felt very alone in it. Um, but what it has done um, you know, there was a lot of self-love and self-acceptance self, um, that eventually came along. Um, it took a long time to get there. But, um, but once it started, it just started kind of snowballing. And, um, and I would tell people to, to be gentle with themselves and, um, and, and also... Um, we are our own greatest advocates. Um, nobody's going to fight harder for you than you. So amen to that. Yeah. So, um, with the, you know, I started physiotherapy, um, three months earlier because they had put um, it into the calendar that I would have this specific appointment with the ENT and he would um, recommend physiotherapy. Well, that was, you know, that appointment was scheduled for, I think it was March. Um, you know, we went out and found our own physiotherapist in January. Um, I was supposed to, at that same appointment in March, find out about the, uh, about the face surgeon. Um, I messaged his office in January saying, I found a surgeon I want. Um, I know we haven't discussed this, but I, you know, I want the referral. Um, can you make that happen? And, and it, and it was, I had seen her before I had actually gone to see the person who was supposed, like I did, I did, I did all of it. I um, love that. Cause you have the <laughs> mental wherewithal, even with all this devastation to, to fight for yourself. And this is like, this is actually why I wanted to have you on the show because it's an important message for me personally. Um, so an important message for me personally, but it's also an important message that I want people to just get. I mean, doctors are amazing in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. And in a yeah. lot of ways, we give our power away to mm -hmm. them or to what they say or to waiting. And it's really on us to trust your body, trust what it's telling yeah. you. Like, don't yeah. wait for the, you know, if you don't want to wait, don't wait, like, do the research. Yeah. Right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, no, I remember I was sent for, you know, balance, there's, there's actually a balance testing center in Scarborough and I was sent to it. I didn't I even, no I, didn't, idea. <laughs> I didn't even know they existed. Um, but they did these different exercises and, and, um, and, and then the results of those tests 
this was, you know, in January. And then the results of those tests were being forwarded back to my ears, nose, throat specialist. Um, and I would get the results and he would make determinations in March. So like January, February, March. Um, that same day that we had that test, um, the person who administered those said, came back into the room with the test results. And he said, so what are they going to do with you? Like, what's the plan? <laughs> like, what's the plan here? Like, like he, he was shocked. He's asking you. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, like, like he was shocked with, with the results and what was going to happen. And I said, I don't know. And, um, and that very same day, um, we, my dad and I went to a vestibular rehab therapy. Um, we, we called a few and, and we set up my first appointment for the following week. Um, so we didn't, we didn't wait. Beautiful. I'm curious, Mike, you know, you, we started off the interview and when you walked us through everything that happened and we, I mean, many of us, I'm not going, most of us have had some form of chicken pox, um, mm-hmm. whether exposed naturally or, you know, had the vaccine or whatnot. And it's, we know viruses kind of lay mm-hmm. dormant. And for you, you said like, this was brought on by getting run down and by stress. And I wonder, yeah. have you learned anything about your, well, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things. <laughs> you wrote a book about it, but what can you share with the audience about your own self-care in all of this and making sure that you don't get run down? Right. So, um, so I think what I have learned most is that I am, I am very cautious now with my time and who I, who I give it to, um, because, because I've, I've learned from this, that you can't, you can't just give, giving, giving, give, um, and, and although you want to, um, there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything with everybody, even if you want to. Um, so, so, you know, just prioritizing and making conscious decisions of, okay, well, if I'm going to stack my day here, well, then I'm going to do a day of nothing the next day. Um, or maybe the next two days, um, and kind of planning out. Um, so I, I plan out my months. I, right now I'm planning into March, April, May, um, my February, all of this kind of podcasts and interviews and, and speaking and, and all of that, uh, that was, that was determined a couple months ago. Um, so, so I think I'm just very more, um, I don't want to say mindful because I think it's really overused, <laughs> but, I, I but it's think, a good one. I think, yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, mindful of, yeah. um, of my schedule and, and my body limitations and, and your capacity and, is what I'm hearing, right? Like your capacity for what yeah. you can take on board. And I think so many of us work past our capacity. We take health for granted. We, yeah. we think like, you know, like, Oh, it's just a little bit of stress, but a little bit of stress can trigger a latent virus can trigger all and I mean, triggers cancer can trigger so many things. So yeah, yeah I love no, that I just... word mindfulness around this. Yeah. 
I was just talking, um, I did an interview on CTV earlier this week and I was talking about sleep and, um, and how, how, you know, sleep is a big element to having a positive mindset because it keeps you rested. Huge. And, um, and so I was talking about sleep and, and, and one of the questions was, uh, why do you think that we just, why do you think that we just, um, you know, put it to the side? And, and I said, um, I think we do that because we just think that we can catch up on it the next day and that it's not going to affect us. <laughs> yeah. But and there's this bit of a high achiever they, mentality of like, you know, you could sleep yeah. when you're dead kind of thing, which is it's such an yeah. awful saying. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, when we, when we do stuff like that, like when we, when we don't get enough rest, when we don't take care of our bodies, um, it just, it just compounds and, and topples on top of, <laughs> each other and then it just piles up until until our bodies and our minds can't take it anymore absolutely well and i'm gonna like nerd out and geek out for the audience here um to talk about because you brought up sleep um melatonin right which we create to help us sleep and actually we create most of it like in our Mm -hmm. gut and mucous membranes and in our brain itself which that's a fun fact but melatonin in and of itself is immunoprotective it actually protects your immune system so Mm. beyond yes you need sleep for rest to reduce rejuvenate and all of that, but we need to be able to go into that downstate. So yeah, I just had to geek out there on some natural health facts, but, um, yeah, that's yeah. such a great point of taking care of yourself. And I know sometimes, you know, we as a society can wear being busy as such a badge of honor, right? Like oh, I'm busy and I'm running here and I'm doing this. We, we, we do it all the time. I just actually was talking with, um, a friend of mine who's, who's a speaker and who's a coach. And, um, and we, we just had like this, this hangout and, and, and I've actually just, I've just decided within that conversation that I, I've, I, I now only work, I now work four days a week. I don't do five days anymore. Um, because, um, one, I don't, I don't want to, and and two, it's more um, it's more valuable that I I am one hundred percent me those four days than being less than for five. Yeah, that's um, such a great point. That's beautifully said. So, so no, and I I've I've just started this um, this new um, this new schedule, I've had to reshift some things this month. Um, but I've just started this and, and I'm still getting used to it. It's, it's weird. Um, but, but I, I, I like it. I, I, I feel like I'm being just as productive, if not more. And, um, and I find that I feel less stressed about everything. Um, so yeah. Last question for you, Mike, since, you know, here at Blue Hive Health, we focus on a mind-body integrative approach to, you know, everything that we offer. Was there any particular mind-body practice um, or something that you were able to integrate into your life in this course of healing that helped you? Right. So I would say... I was never actually a firm. So, so mental health is a huge element of, of my story. Um, and, and, 
and it took a long time to, to get there. But, but when I did one of the practices that I started doing was, um, you know, mindfulness activities. Um, so, so just learning to be present and to being appreciative and grateful, um, for, for what I was going through, even though it was terrible <laughs> most of the time. Um, but just so, so one of the activities that I did, which, which I did was, um, I turn on the tap and I turn the water to warm and, and I would just put my hand under the, under the running water and I would, spend about 30 seconds to about a minute and a half. And I would just take in all of the sensations of the water hitting my hand and, and it was calming and it was soothing and, and activities like that really brought me into the present rather than focusing on, Oh, my business has been destroyed. Oh, like I, I haven't seen, in this person in ages my my friendships are like it, it just brought me back into um a state of being in the present and and appreciating um feeling feeling something and um and i thought it was very healing and cathartic what i love about that is you know, it's a simple everyday practice. You don't have to yeah. go sit on a lily pad for an hour and meditate. Like you can literally yeah. run your hand underwater or you can, you yeah. know, mindfully brush your teeth and just bring yourself yeah. back to the present moment. I, I absolutely adore that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mike, it was so great having you on here. One, because like it's been so long since we've gotten to see each other in person because we used to go to these events every month for yeah. speakers and it's been so long and it was great seeing you and having you on this show, but mainly because I, I love celebrating you and your book and everything that you've achieved. I think you're a great advocate and a testament for you know, people who are suffering from, from chronic illness and more so the mental health component that comes along with it. So thank you very much for being here. No, thank you. It was really nice uh, having a chat, and um, and I, I miss seeing you. I miss I miss seeing you, and we'll we'll see each other again as as soon as we can. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Blue Hive Healthcast. For more information on our programs or on what you've learned here today, contact us by visiting bluehivehealth.com. dot